Hi, I'm Annie Fitzsimmons. I'm your Washington Realtors legal hotline lawyer. And today we're going to talk about something that's probably one of my least favorite topics, non-refundable whatever. Earnest money, deposits, pick the name that you want to give to it. Uh, and what I'm really focused on in this video is funds, buyer funds that are released to the seller prior to closing. And the way we are seeing it over and over and over and over again in today's market is that buyers, in order to entice a seller to accept the buyer's offer, buyer is writing a huge check, well over 5% of the purchase price, and giving that money directly to the seller, not only prior to closing, but actually at the time of mutual acceptance. So all that seller has done is put their signature on a purchase and sale agreement, and buyer is giving them tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hoping, of course, that everything works as it should, that buyer's funds are at the closing table when they need to be there, that buyer ends up at the, at the closing table still wanting to own this property, that seller ends up at the closing table able to fulfill the terms of the purchase and sale agreement and close the transaction, selling the property. All of that is the hope that forms the foundation of buyer giving to seller $100,000 based on nothing but seller signature on a purchase and sale agreement. I am told over and over and over again, there is no way of not having this aspect of a transaction at play in today's market. Sellers won't take offers from buyers if buyers don't give an extraordinary amount of money upfront at the time of mutual acceptance. And buyers won't write offers without making that offer because they have lost too many opportunities to get the house that they want because they weren't releasing earnest money to a seller upfront. So it's a matter of fact within our market that this is going to happen. That's what I'm told. Maybe that's true. I, I have no evidence to the contrary. I have tried to get brokers not to do this and brokers say it's not us driving the boat, it's buyers who are driving the boat. And that's the point of this video. Brokers, if your buyer wants to write a gigantic check to the seller or make a wire of funds to the seller at the time of mutual acceptance, that's their choice you need to make sure that it is in fact their choice. It should not be your prompting that says, buyer, if you wanna buy a house, you're going to have to give seller tens of thousands of dollars at the time of mutual acceptance. I hope none of you ever says that. I hope instead that when your buyer says, I am so frustrated with not being able to get a house in this market, what can I do to attract a buy uh, to attract the seller to accept my offer? I hope that you have a list of things that you can give the buyer. For example, buyer, go get underwriting qualified, pre-approved, so that when you go to the seller, you've got um, you've got you you're as close to being a cash buyer as you can. The seller has less risk in accepting your offer. Other um, features that make your buyer a high quality buyer, a high quality candidate, and by that I mean likely to close the transaction. 
What can your buyer do to set themselves apart, make it more likely that they're going to close the transaction? But buyer, in this long list of things, and hopefully it's a long list, I just gave you one, but hopefully you have more to add to it. In this list of suggestions, some buyers are giving earnest money to seller upfront under the theory that if the seller can't close, the buyer's gonna get that earnest money back. But buyer, and here's where I want what I want you to do. So, so first thing listing broker or first thing buyer brokers, it's not your, it's not you telling the buyer that they're never gonna get a house unless they do this. Buyers asking you for suggestions. This is only one of many that you give them. And if you give them this suggestion, it's accompanied by an explanation of risks. Buyer, here are the risks. Let's say you give $50,000 to the seller at the time of mutual acceptance. What if seller can't close? How are you going to get that money back, buyer? You might be entitled to recover that money, but how are you going to get it back? Even if you succeed at the end of litigation to get a judgment that says you're entitled to get that money back, what have you lost in the process? You've lost time, you've lost interest, you've spent money on attorney fees, you might get an award of attorney fees to recover that, you might not. So buyer, there is risk if you give the seller money up front. What if, and here's something that we're seeing um, in some transactions now, buyers have given a large sum of money to the seller up front. And then it's not that seller can't perform, it's that circumstances turn out to be something other than what the buyer had contemplated from the beginning. For example, the square footage that the appraiser comes up with is dramatically less than what the square footage was represented by the seller to be. Buyer's already given the seller $100,000 in earnest money. Buyer's not going to get that back because the square footage is wrong. So buyer now has a choice of either not closing and suing the seller for misrepresentation to try and get that money back or closing, having a house that is not what the seller described it to be, paying what the buyer may think is actually too much based on the square footage and then suing seller after closing for the difference or something else. I don't know what else that might be. Or maybe the seller um, is unable to get the OSS, the on-site sewage system approval from the county. If the buyer doesn't have a septic contingency, and most don't because most buyers who are giving earnest money to seller upfront are writing a transaction with no contingencies, so seller, buyer has no septic contingency, but seller can't get the OSS. Seller's not in breach of contract, but buyer may not be able to close the transaction because they may not be able to get financing if there is no OSS. So now all of a sudden the buyer has given the seller a big chunk of money. The seller hasn't failed to perform the contract. The seller's not in default, but because of the seller's circumstances, the buyer can't close. Buyer brokers, you've got to explain somehow all of these risks to your buyer before they give that seller a chunk of their money. Three, okay, so number one, you're not the one who, who promotes this concept. Number two, you're going to warn of the risks. And number three, 
If you do this, if you write an offer for a buyer that releases money to the seller up front, you're going to use a form provided to you by your company or through your franchise only. You are never, ever, ever, ever going to write your own provision. You are never going to write freehand. Earnest money is non-refundable release to seller at closing. You're going to use a form that's prepared for your purposes. And in that form, your firm's lawyer or your franchise lawyer will advise of risks. They'll advise to seek legal counsel. They'll make some other warnings that are appropriate. They'll create the circumstances under which the seller may be obligated to repay that money, even though you and I both know that even if seller's obligated to repay it, buyer may have trouble getting it back. But you're going to use a form that is as protective of your buyer as possible in light of the fact that they're giving tens of thousands of dollars to the seller in exchange for nothing but the seller's signature on a purchase and sale agreement. And then finally, and perhaps I won't say most important because all three of these things so far are important, but the fourth thing, you're going to advise your buyer in a provable way. That means you have a, a conversation with them up front and you follow that up in writing, provably delivered to the buyer. So maybe you send it in an email, buyer, I'm glad we had this conversation today. In, in summary, here's what we discussed. You're gonna email that to your buyer. You're gonna conclude that email with, by the way, how did Fido's vet appointment turned out? Your buyer's gonna respond and tell you that Fido's vet appointment was great, thanks for asking. They might not say anything at all about the fact that you advise them to seek legal counsel or you warn them of the risks associated with giving money to the seller in at the time of mutual acceptance. Um, but once they respond, you now have proof that they received your email. So, it's not your, it's not your, you're not pushing the concept. You're advising of the risks. You're using a form provided to you by your firms or your franchise's lawyer through your designated broker. And you are advising in a provable way that the buyers seek legal counsel before, before they agree to give the seller any money at the time of mutual acceptance. If you have questions on this topic or any other, send an email to me legal hotline at warealtor.org. Thank you for being a Washington Realtors member.